Well, let's get on to our first guest this morning. Dr. Jason Heron is with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very well. Good. So, Joe, you know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason and I met a number of years back. His father was pastor to uh, my wife and her family, uh, but Protestant pastor. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife's a convert to the faith, and so I'd known uh, Jason's family and mostly his parents for for many years. My wife converted to the Catholic faith, and at some point... uh, Come to find out, Jason, uh, their son, had converted, and and uh, eventually their parents converted. And so, when his mother and father converted, I was able to walk with them through their journey. And uh, because of that, when it came time to see if there was somebody interested in uh, coming and teaching moral theology at Mount Marty, the first person that came to mind was Jason. And the Lord put it on his heart to pick his family up and move from Dayton, Ohio, uh, right, with, a, right. with his family and oh, come join wow. us. So he's been down here for two years. He'll be starting his third year with me at Mount Marty College as a moral theologian. Wow. So how's Yankin treating you? Uh, the longer I'm here, the more I like it. Yeah? And oh, I like it. Kind of when I first moved here, <laughs> Jason's, uh, Jason's a local kid that got out and was like, "Nope, not going back to South Dakota. I'm not going to do it." I went to high school at Roosevelt, okay, uh, in Sioux Falls. So I didn't ever imagine myself coming back to South Dakota. Not because I hated South Dakota, let alone Yankton. But I married a girl from Maine. Okay, and I went to Maine and thought this is where I want to be, and now I live in Yankton, <laughs> and it's Joe's fault, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, it's yeah. a great place. So it's you teach moral place. theology. Well, my training's in moral theology, but at a school this size, uh-huh. uh, most theologians who are specialized, wherever they're specialized, historical theology, systematic theology, whatever it is, you have to be a generalist. So I, I teach a variety of classes. But okay. yeah, my specialty is in moral theology and Catholic social teaching. So, uh, and Tell us a little bit about your family. Oh, oh yeah. Uh I heard I heard you have a couple kids. I have a couple kids, uh, a couple times three. Uh, <laughs> we have six kids, Margot, Eloise, James, Thomas, Francis, and Lily. And uh, my wife's name is Hannah. And also, uh, I have a mother-in-law who lives with us. So oh, cool. we have a very full house uh, here in Yankton. It's great. It's great. Wow. So when we first got started, we talked about uh, the momentum at the Mount. That was in our preview. You and Joe are leading the momentum at the Mount. What is this movement? How can we explain it to our listeners? I, I would qualify that a little bit. I don't know if we're leading this thing, but we're <laughs> yeah. a part of the team. I think yeah. Mark Long, the president, might. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, there is. Uh, we're right in the middle of it. But certainly, it's it's a college. It's not just these two hooligans, but uh, yeah, it's Jason's Dr. Long's. An, yeah, it's Jason's an important component to uh, the theological proposal but yeah dr long has placed the the benedictine leadership institute kind of at the center of the of the college Mm -hmm. and so through his vision we've we've uh decided to um work to have a greater regional impact i think just on the practical level but then also uh to kind of revitalize the faculty and staff's commitment to the catholic benedictine liberal arts tradition and then really to provide the students with a way to more fully engage reality and especially their own humanity. And so the momentum is is in that direction towards a greater regional impact and and towards a a robust Catholic Benedictine liberal arts experience here where students are I think um provoked to to become more fully human. Mhm. Um that's that's the ideal at least but I'm a theologian so I get to speak about ideals. Well, but even as a theologian you say that like really, you know, that that to become more human 
Uh, Peter Drucker is a uh, you know world-renowned um, kind of father of modern-day leadership, almost mm-hmm. uh, a, a business uh, leadership, and he would say that leadership, simply by definition, is about becoming human. Hmm. That uh, fundamentally, we're not born in the full realization of the capacity of our humanity Mm. and that we need to become that right and that this is a process that unfolds before us in the moments of our day that make up the totality of our life and so what is education is really at the heart of the conversation are we here just sending out people to go get jobs or are we here helping people become who it is that they're created to be and so the the benedictine leadership institute its curriculum its other initiatives really it fundamentally is about helping young people uh, become who they're created to be and that's simply fuller humans yeah the the whole pedagogical strategy is just saint Irenaeus's quote that the glory of god is the human person fully alive mm-hmm. that's that's really that's all we're shooting for it happens to be, you know, the moon, but that's all we're <laughs> shooting for. It's just the human person fully alive. Goals. So yeah. on a on a more tangible level, what does that look like in action at Mount Marty? Mm. Well, I think you first would want to begin with curriculum um, and just thinking about, all right, uh, academically, what might this look like? And then you say, well, academics is a part of a student's experience, but mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a fuller experience than just simply the intellectual work and mm-hmm. the pursuit of truth. Um, there's, you know, athletics and there's student activities and there's a life lived right. fully outside of simply the classroom or the intellectual pursuit. But we hope that the first priority of the student, their calling actually while they're here, is actually toward the intellectual pursuit. Right, right. I think that the curricular piece is important, but it's it's not the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my, part of my role here is, is a theologian is to, of course, teach the, the theology curriculum, but then also to develop and, and partner with um, others in developing uh, an integrated approach to to the Mount Marty experience so that you don't really have uh, well the key word is silos in uh, John Paul II's uh, great letter Ex Corde Ecclesiae he, he cautions us against siloing the areas of, of colleges and universities and so uh, the BLI uh, it might sound not very practical sort of abstract but the BLI is involved in tearing down silos uh, what's the BLI? Oh, sorry, the Benedictine Leadership Institute. Yeah, okay. we, by acronym we call it the right. BLI. Sorry, sorry, that's just habit. Right. I, I haven't said Benedictine Leadership Institute in years. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Heather, that's what I'm the director of. I, right. I'm the director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute, Faculty of Theology, and so I have a part-time appointment to faculty. I teach part-time, and then I'm the director of the institute part-time. And Professor Heron's a full-time uh, faculty member that um, participates in the institute's uh, work not just academically, but in other areas as well as we right. seek to grow uh, the impact and the destruction of yeah. silos. Right. Well, let's destroy <laughs> academic <laughs> silos. I'm I'm fine with grain silos. Oh, to all our <laughs> right, right, right. Those are okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah to all yeah, our we listeners. like grain silos. Yeah, I love grain silos. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're um, broadcasting this morning Real Presence Live from Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. Joe Rutten here is my co-host. We're talking with Dr. Jason Heron, and we're talking about the movement at the mount or the momentum at the mount. And I also have. We've been talking a lot about the Benedictine Leadership Institute. Let's dive into that a little bit, Joe. 
Well, the Institute was founded by the Benedictine Sisters of Sacred Heart Monastery, our sponsoring institution, 15 years ago. They uh, gave a generous gift of a million dollars to endow this institute. And over the course of the 15 years, it's been used for a number of different initiatives. And the new president, uh, well, not the president, Mark Long, when he was new four years ago, said, let's take and use this as a as a renewal initiative to anchor the Benedictine mission into the heart of the college. And so they said, well, let's think about what this looked like and what we might do with it. And two years later, they hired me to come in and help uh, develop a team to carry forward uh, a renewed vision for the Institute. So it's got an academic component, freshman theology and sophomore ethics philosophy. We're rebooted into Benedictine leadership one and two. From those comes experiential learning to the Grand Canyon and to the Rocky Mountains for the entire freshman and sophomore mm. student body. And then outside of that, the Institute works to partner with other areas of the college to, um, to carry forward the mission of the college. And then there's a third component that we call technically the work of human ecology. How can the college and the Institute uh, work and partner to impact social institutions? particularly and currently we do a little bit of work in the area of faith and business. How can we help the institution of business do business better? Hmm. So thinking about this, you know, it's interesting that uh, you have this Benedict Leadership Institute within the college, but it's not a club. It's not a group you join. You just said that all freshmen, all sophomores go on these trips. Right. Another thing that I've also noticed is the fact that um, I follow you on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, and you go out and search for leadership. You search for people to be a part of this, students to be part of it, almost like right. you are a football coach going out and recruiting <laughs> a football player. Right. Am I, I right? I think yeah. Professor, yeah. Her Professor right. Heron would say that oftentimes in academics, no matter where you are, whether you're at the University of Dayton where he was or whether you're in a high school like O'Gorman where I was previously, um, we're always interested in making sure that the faith proposal gets a legitimate um, um, coverage, if you will, gets mm -hmm. gets uh, invested in like athletics or the yeah. arts or these other areas. And so I just simply said, you know, um, I think that we ought to recruit leaders to this particular project like athletics. And so they said, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> Um, that means you're going to be the one doing it. <laughs> like, well, I didn't need a third aspect of my job. So I thought, well, all right. You know, I spent 10 years in a high school, Catholic high school. I kind of know the ropes. And so they said, well, let's jump on the road and go visit the Catholic high schools and not come from the standard recruiting pro proposal, but come, uh, come along the other side of a faith proposal and a leadership proposal that says, let's recruit people to Mount Marty, uh, particularly for this renewal initiative of Benedictine Leadership Institute. So each year there will be a handful of students that I've directly worked with to recruit to Mount Marty for this initiative, but really for the broader proposal of what is Mount Marty. Yeah. And we know that uh, culture is changed by the people, right? And right. so if you can bring in these rock stars, I call them, it's like, well, that just makes you a, a better rock star, right? right. You know? And my philosophy of life is you want to do great things, surround yourself with great people. And for me, that begins with people like Jason Heron. Like, he's a fantastic professor. Like, how blessed are we to have him here with us teaching these students and, and getting these other rock stars here to, to join in this. And I'll tell you, Heather and Jason maybe can attribute to this. Most of us feel like we were called here. Hmm. 
I don't know that we would say we took jobs as much as we responded to an invitation. Yeah, that's true. It, for me, it was uh, literally a call. Uh, <laughs> on, I don't know what day of the week it was. <laughs> I tried to uh, blank it out of my mind. It was so traumatic. Joe, Joe <laughs> called me, and and I, I was like, who's Joe Rutten? I was living in Ohio. Uh, and then I remembered, okay, yeah, Joe. And then he said, do you want a job? And within the space of a month, our house had sold, and we were on the road to Yankton. Uh, bawling, bawling our eyes out, uh, <laughs> and dragging your feet. Right. That that had that. I mean, if you <laughs> read the scripture, that's the way calls feel. It's right. not like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Jeremiah's call was not like his dream job. You know. Now I'm right. not comparing myself to the prophet Jeremiah, but but being called to a work that is beyond you and that is going to happen with or without you, being invited to a work is is a strange and, and beautiful but also troubling experience. You know, the Lord is at work and he's not Santa Claus, he's he's the Lord. So um it's a it's a strange feeling to be to be called to something like this, but it's really fun right. even if it's scary. Right. So and, and hopefully what what we're uh, w- the work that we're doing here is also working with young people to send them out into the world with mm-hmm. that sense mm-hmm. as well, right? This isn't about yeah, Jason that's what and I, was I just or the say. president. What's the no, ultimate right? goal? Like the ultimate goal is that we send out young people into the world that have a greater sense of the whole, the whole of who the Lord is and and who we are and what potentially it is that He's calling us. There's actually to. nothing very special about you or I. This is just no. the way the Lord works, right? Yeah, and we want students who can recognize that. Right. And respond uh, with their full humanity, right? Yeah. And then, by their very nature, they transform the environments in which they live, and the environments in which they will go to work and marry. Mm-hmm. And so that culture, you know, I, it's just really something special. It's sometimes hard for me to to even realize that this is happening. But every time I see Jason, I think to myself, <laughs> only the Lord could have done this. <laughs> only God could make us friends. Only God yeah. could make us <laughs> Even so. after he got you to move yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any last thoughts before we go? We only have I don't know, Jason, seconds. your final your final sense of uh, the work and what, what you've been about here. <clears throat> well, um, the, the key word's momentum. It's happening. Right. It's happening. It's not something we're planning for in the future. It's something that we're in the middle of which uh, is as exciting and scary as anything. Wonderful. That's great. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. It's been a pleasure.